Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to the kitchen table this week. I'm going to be sharing this week some of the things that I had no idea about in motherhood, specifically six truths I have found in motherhood that I had no idea were going to be foundational truths for me. So I want to just jump in here. I want to settle maybe some places that you've thought maybe you were the only one who thought that way. And instead, we're going to explore six truths that I didn't know about motherhood that God has taught me. Truth number one, there's going to be an overwhelm of emotion. Doesn't matter what the emotion is, you're going to have a lot of it. So I remember when our first little one came home, I was overwhelmed with the magnificence of love I felt for him, coupled with this huge wall of fear of anything happening to him, and the overwhelm of knowing I was probably not going to measure up in the ways he needed me to, and I desperately wanted to. So this emotional tidal wave that hits our heart as moms is real. It's real. There's good and bad feelings inside of it. There's love. There's fear. Honestly, I can have overwhelming emotions of anger and frustration. So I want to be really clear The overwhelm of emotions runs the gamut in motherhood. So what we need, what I needed to learn to do was put those emotions into his perspective. You see, I needed to learn three little steps. I needed to learn first to seek him, seek his face. And then when I was sitting with him and looking into his face in that moment with all those emotions, I needed to learn to surrender those emotions. Lord, I'm feeling all of this. I'm feeling all of it, Lord. Offering it up in open arms, open hands saying, do you see it? This is me right now. And then choosing to set my heart on his word in that moment. You know, it says Psalm 27 became a mainstay and is a mainstay uh, passage for me with my emotional feelings. But it says here, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Then later on down, it says one thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I can dwell in his house all the days of my life and look on him in his beauty, and inquire in his temple, to sit with all that I have with him. And then this is what he does. He will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble, in the day of all of my feelings. He hides us. He will conceal us under the cover of his tent. He will lift us high upon a rock, and I will sing and make melody to the Lord. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. 
It says down in verses 7 and 8, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. Let's understand, when we are in the tidal waves of emotion, God invites us to seek his face. And then my heart answers him. This is verse 8 and 9, says, Your face, Lord, do I seek. You see, when we begin to understand that we are going to feel emotions, it's part of it. And so we can learn to surrender our emotions because we are seeking his face and choosing to set our hearts on his word instead. Then the emotional roller coaster we often experience can settle down into that back half of the roller coaster, right? It's always in the front half that the roller coaster is wild and crazy. In the back half, it's always enjoyable. So that's point number one. There's an overwhelm of emotions in motherhood. Number two, second thing I've learned, the depth of pressure that I will experience. I did not understand how much pressure I would experience in motherhood. You see, I thought it was a natural next step in life. I got, I grew up, I got a job, I got married, I started to have a child. I didn't understand that the pressure would increase huge, this just manifold increase in pressure. And that pressure was external and internal. So I needed to understand what pressure I was experiencing and see them both differently and have discernment. We all experience a great external pressure. It can be from the woman in the grocery store line as you're checking out in front of you who tells you why your child is crying. And you know why your child is crying, and yet because she's telling you why she thinks your child is crying, there's this immediate sense of pressure that, oh, maybe maybe I have to defend myself. And you don't. There's the external pressure from family and from friends of how they did it when they were raising you, or they were raising your nieces and nephews, or they were raising you know their children, and they're your good friends, and they're telling you how they did it. And then the internal pressure, the pressure that says, I need to perform well. I want to perform well. I desire for this to be a beautiful display of all my giftings and talents. I want this kid to have this amazing life and I want to be a part of it. It's sourced in a great spot. It's sourced in our love for our child. The problem is that it's just pressure and it's performance, and it's looking for outcome. And those things are empty promises that never get satisfied. So we have to discern and understand that we are feeling pressure. Is it external? Is it internal? And then we need to reframe. We need to reframe away from pressure and understand his peace. And again, this comes back to returning and setting our minds on the truth that we know. And y'all, in the world we live in, can I say it again? There is one source of truth, and it is the Word of God. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7 became a place that I just would hide where it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This word guard means to be a garrison or a full armed forces around. The, that God's peace is given to you freely to guard you like armed forces surrounding. That's what, that's what that means. But it means that we have to once again posture ourselves this time with prayer and supplication. Lord, here's all the places I feel tremendous pressure. Here's all the ways I'm worrying or scared or concerned or feeling like I'm failing. Here's all the ways other people are telling me I'm failing. Lord, what do you say? Lord, here it is. And we present it, our prayers and our supplication. And his peace promises to guard our very hearts. The third thing that I didn't know about motherhood that I have learned and now realize is a big deal is that I was going to experience amnesia. And I mean, I'm a little bit being silly here in some parts of it, but I'm being very serious about this one. I experience amnesia every day. I mean, I cannot some days remember what child is named what name. I can run the gamut of names for a child and they can look at me and go, my name is, I'm like, I know your name. I love you deeply. I can experience amnesia for how, honestly, I didn't understand that you can experience amnesia for how a baby comes into the world. You know, I can remember parts of it, but I don't remember the depth of suffering that I went through birthing some of my children. Why? Because I think God guards your heart there and allows you to almost have an amnesia over pain. I didn't know that I would have grocery store amnesia. (laughs) I mean, it's a joke, but it's not. Like I can go into a grocery store thinking I'm picking up these three things. And if it is not written down on a piece of paper, I will forget those three things. And instead I will grocery shop for the week. And never get those three things. Just amnesia over silly things. Because there's so many thoughts running through my mind every day. But in all seriousness, the thing that I struggle the most with in terms of amnesia is gospel amnesia. You see, it's the most debilitating. Forgetting whose I am. Who do I belong to? In my worth, in my value, in my identity. Who is pursuing me? And then secondly, who does my child belong to? And who is pursuing my child? When I get hung up in world thought, I believe that all of that lays on my shoulders. It is the burden I bear. I need to, even as a Christian, I need to bring my child up in a way that they are good, that they know who Jesus is, that they come to know Jesus, that this is my job When the truth of the gospel says, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in my child, and he will be doing that in an environment in my home. He will absolutely be pursuing my child and absolutely be empowering and teaching me how to be a great conduit, a great environment maker in that. But the truth is, it is his work, right? And this, and for this truth, let's go to Ephesians 2. Let's just sit there for a minute and understand what the gospel says. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, following the course of this world, following the prince. Like we're doing all things wrong, right? That's what it says in the beginning of Ephesians 2. And it says, but God, 
but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved you and me, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we brought nothing to the table, we brought no good thing, he made us alive together with Christ. That is the gospel. That means that you were loved before you were ever lovable. And your child is loved before he or she is ever lovable by a God who is pursuing us, purposing to redeem us. It says, by grace you have been saved, you have been raised up with him, seated with him in the heavenly places, so that he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, so that no one can boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And mama, that's in your motherhood. But it is not because you have to have it all together, wrapped up, solid, performing perfectly. It is because he is at work in us, moving and working with us. So it all goes back to those first, that first little thing that I said, right? We need to seek him. We need to surrender before him. And we need to set our hearts on his word. But gospel amnesia, amnesia in general, it's a thing in motherhood. And I didn't know it. Number four, fourth thing I didn't know. The way my motherhood looks will absolutely be different from anyone else's motherhood. And that is a good thing because it is a God thing. What, what do I mean by that? You and I are unique. You and I don't process the world the same. We don't interact with the world the same. We are all created uniquely. Now there is a part of that, that clearly in scripture we know says, therefore, we're all unique sinners. We all go astray in our own way. That's what it says in Isaiah. Remember that? But that also means that God interacts with each one of us individually. He is at work in your life leading and growing and deepening your faith, walking with you, teaching you differently than he is at work in my life, working and teaching and leading me. He will be calling you to conviction in areas and in ways that somebody else may not be convicted of. And it may be a not yet, or it may just be a not at all. Our motherhoods are unique because we have a God who is an individual God. That doesn't mean that the mainstays of faith walk, meaning how we understand who Jesus is, what he did for us. Those things are not unique. Those are for all. But I do want you to understand 1 Peter 2.25 says this, and it really references back to that passage in in Isaiah. But he says in 1 Peter 2.25, he says, Let's go back to verse 24. He himself, meaning Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Y'all, God is at work in you calling you to live to righteousness. That is what the Holy Spirit does in your life every single day. And the more you seek him, hold everything out in front of him, set your mind on his word, the more you do that, the more you are engaging with the spirit that lives within you that God has given you as your teacher and your counselor so that so that you will live to righteousness like 1 Peter 2:24 says. But 1 Peter 2:25 says this. 
for you are straying like sheep. That is a reminder of the Isaiah passage. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has gone to our own way. But here in 1 Peter, it says, For you are straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. You see, the beauty of the name of Jesus being shepherd and overseer of your soul is that he is the shepherd and overseer of your soul. And he is the shepherd and overseer of my soul. He is at work in each of us individually and our motherhoods will look different. And that is an okay thing. As long as my motherhood is surrendered to him, to the shepherd and overseer of my soul, then it's okay that it looks different. It's okay that I'm convicted or leading or teaching certain truths and somebody else has a maybe has a tighter boundary on that or a looser boundary on that. I'm going to trust that they are also surrendered to the shepherd and overseer of their soul. And we can have a great conversation about it. But if I begin to allow pressure from comparing my motherhood to another person's motherhood, going back to that other point and external pressure becomes part of my interactions with my children, I have lost my seat in front of Jesus going, Lord, look, This is me, this is my motherhood, and I need your help. And I need to funnel all of this through your word. Number five thing I did not know about motherhood was the level of sacrifice. I I just didn't know it. I didn't know that, I mean, every moment of every day, everything was going to be a sacrifice. And we can make it funny and say that, you know, you only eat the leftover crusts of your kids' peanut butter sandwiches, but there's a lot of things that we do. I mean, laundry never ends. It, it never ends. One room is clean and the next room is completely a disaster. And I can choose, if I say that my service, my sacrifice is a choice that I make, then I really, I personally struggle with resentment. I don't want to make that choice. Why do I have to be the one? Why am I always the one? So I really had to learn to change my terminology And understand that in motherhood, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice that happens. I sacrificed my career for many years to stay home with my kids because that was a choice that my husband and I made. And I was very good at what I used to do. And I really had to wrestle that out with the Lord. I don't think that that's for everybody, right? What I've already said, my motherhood looks different than other people's motherhoods. But that was what the Lord had said yes to for us in our season when we had five little ones so young. But it's not a choice. My level of sacrifice is not a choice because that leads to resentment in my heart. When I understand that my level of sacrifice is a calling that emulates my Savior, it changes things for me. You see, Jesus sacrificed it all. He went the distance for us. And I'm just cleaning a room. I'm just doing some laundry. I'm just making a bed. I'm just making some food. I'm just laying down my career for a few years. I'm choosing someone else in front of me. When my Savior chose me fully and gave his life for me. And this passage to me sits clearly in Philippians 3. Um, I used to listen to it. Um, David Teams had a a song. He still has a song. You can listen to it, but it just comes, it's just straight Philippians 3. 
And it used to ring in my mind in those years where it just felt like everything I was doing was for someone else and nobody saw me doing any of it. And it says in Philippians 3, it says, verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And I love this phrase. This is the phrase I hear all the time, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may know him, that I may know just a, just a glimmer of what it meant to die. You know, Christ died to his glory, to his massive power and might as he was he as king of kings and lord of lords forever and ever he chose instead to lay that all aside is what philippians 2 says and come here and take on the the form of man and and i mean all i'm doing is just this little death and i've had to learn that this is a calling and it's in a season But I can get to know Jesus more when I choose to come before him and set my heart on his word in that moment. Lastly, nights feel very long. I did not understand how long a night would feel. Like with a newborn, oh my gosh, they're so long when you're up all night nursing or feeding them or changing diapers or just just loving on them. Oh gosh, the nights are long. Or when you have sick kids. Oh my goodness, the nights of, I mean, vomit is the worst. And vomit always seems to happen at night in the Kimsey household. Those nights are long. They're taxing. Nights with hurting teens. Those nights are scary long. When you just are sitting with Jesus in your bed and praying for their very lives. But I promise you this. Prayer will and must become your mainstay. But God is very present. In the nighttime. You see, he he is awake, number one. And he promises to comfort your heart. He promises to listen to your prayers. And he promises to work on your behalf. You will be responsible in motherhood for treasures in ways you, you never understood, right? Like I never understood the amount of rocks and acorns and pieces of paper that were treasures that I would need to hold on to and stick into my purse or my pocket or just juggle in my hands. But ultimately, motherhood is about being responsible for the treasure of another person's heart who is God's treasure. And you and I definitely get to do and experience a calling that is beautiful. Last thought would probably be that glitter is completely a wicked invention probably straight from the pit, designed to haunt your floors and counters and anywhere else it might fall. So that was my last little thing I did not understand about motherhood because I didn't hate glitter and now I do. In the next few weeks, we're going to be opening back up the Warrior Motherhood Collective. It is a place where we have these kind of conversations all the time. 
a place where you can come and sit and reframe your motherhood in the truth of God's word. It is the only place where motherhood makes sense, y'all. Everywhere else it doesn't. Everywhere else it, it really will not satisfy and it will fall short. Everywhere else the world will tell you you can be annoyed and frustrated. But in the collective, we work through a lot of those things and we begin to learn what does the gospel actually mean in our motherhood and how can we see this and walk confidently in it with our child, whether our child's two or 22? How do we pray for our kids? How do we know the word in a way that it seeps into our conversation naturally? So I invite you to look for that as well and come join us if if you would like to be a part of it, the Warrior Motherhood Collective only opens twice a year. And so I would love to see you and get to know you personally in the next few months. As always, please know that I want to walk with you. I want to hear your heart. I want to know what are places that you had no idea that your motherhood would be so different from what you imagined before you had children. I would love to hear some other people's perspectives. So feel free to send me an email Um, grab my newsletter and hear what other women are saying about it. And, um, and as always, you can find me on Instagram and I would love to talk with you there. I hope you enjoyed this episode of when God breaks through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.